0: i Spaces Hello and welcome to The Ether. Today is Tuesday, March 28th, 2023. Today on The Ether, Roving with Rihanna, The Craft of Writing. Today focused on the short story. Let's take a listen.
1: Hello, hello. This is Rihanna Morgan. Hi, everyone. I'm glad you've come today. I see. Some friendly people in the audience already. Tara Spaces, thank you so much. Hello, hello, thank you for coming. Cryptoversal Books, Greg, thank you so much for coming. Excellent, so today we are going to talk about, the in our craft of writing presentation, we're gonna talk about the genre of the short story. And so we wrapped up poetry with the World Poetry Day celebration where we read poetry all day and so today we are going to just jump in and start talking about the short story and I'll send some invitations out here really quick to people who might want to jump up and chat with us. Excellent, and so let me just start the show here. So first of all, hello and welcome. This is Roving with Rihanna, The Craft of Writing, and I'm Rihanna. I'm so glad that you're here and I can't wait to talk to you about writing. First, I thought I'd give you a bit of a background of who I am and how I began my professional career as a writer and a teacher. For many years, I taught English and writing At one point, I was a professor who taught English teachers how to be English teachers. My goal by presenting Roving with Rihanna, the craft of writing, is to discuss writing techniques and strategies with other writers. You! I'm always willing. I'm not always willing, of course, I'm always willing to hear about what's going on. But I'm always me myself, I am always learning new techniques and strategies, as I study the craft of writing. And I'm always excited to hear where your journey and where your studies have taken you and what approaches and philosophies you use. So this is really a, I use this and we use this and together we create beautiful works together. So I want to pause for just a moment and welcome our guest, uh, Cryptoversal Books. Hello, hi. Hi, Rihanna. Long time no talk.
2: <laughs> oh, it's been forever. I know.
1: <laughs> 45 seconds. <laughs> well, um, so yay, I'm so glad you've come because you are going to be a featured guest today. You and J.D. Armstrong because we're talking about short stories, I pulled out one of your Wordler Village stories to read today to feature. So I'm glad you're here. This is gonna be so fun.
2: I am honored. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, and I hear I see we have another visitor. Here we have BT Dwayne uh, from Bubblegum Kids. So this is wonderful. I will send a note. If you want to jump up, please feel free. I'll just send out an invite to speak. So today we're talking about short stories. Hello, hello. Nice to see you. And so um, just to jump right in a little bit and talk about this uh, first off, I want to be sure to mention that there will be a Quest Chain Soulbound NFT that you are um, that is a gift to you for you to be minted anytime um, after you've listened to the show or been part of the show today or guests and visitors in the future. You can mint this Soulbound NFT by visiting Quest Chains. And um, I'll link it up and everything after the fact here, but all guests and visitors are welcome to do so. And there is a secret phrase that you just type in when you visit Quest to go ahead and mint this. And today's secret phrase is pocket watch, pocket watch. And we'll learn as we go through today, how come? So let's talk about a short story and what makes a short story a short story. A short story is a unique literary genre that has really captivated readers for centuries. It is typically ranges between a thousand and ten thousand words. It can be a little bit longer, but then it starts pushing the envelope to being a novella. Um, Generally, the piece that creates the short story is that the plot revolves around a single character or event. Uh, The story is often... um, distinguished from other genres of fiction because of that single theme or single moment in time rather than a complex plot like a novel would be. One of the key features of the short story like we were talking about is brevity. Um, And so short stories I think are really great and they lend themselves really well to being um, part of our future in literature because of the brevity. We're all so busy. We all have so many things going on, but we love stories. And so I'm going to pause here and get some opinions from different speakers here we've got. And so, Greg, do you want to jump in and talk about what you feel um, the positives are for the short story here in the future of literature?
2: Uh, well, uh, the main positive is that they're short. Um, so, they're focused, and you can they can be very powerful by by just focusing uh, whatever message or whatever theme an author wants to get across uh, in in just a very brief amount of space uh, and also they, you don't have to put a novel's worth of plot into it um, you, you You can have your beginning, middle, and end uh just be very simple
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely agree. I definitely agree because it, it it lends itself, you know, novels have supporting characters and they have round characters and flat characters and they have antagonists and then antagonists have their buddies and then um, the novel has the protagonist and the protagonist has their confidant and their buddies and all of these secondary characters. But with the short story, You can really pull in the focus, like what you were saying, of who you want to talk about and what you as the writer want to convey. And so in most cases with the short story, a protagonist is faced with a particular challenge or dilemma, not numerous particular challenges or dilemmas. And so the story itself gets to follow their efforts as they go along through this story beginning middle and end, like what Greg was saying and so some of our favorite and most and famous short story writers of the past are Edgar Allan Poe he is actually uh, maybe credited with developing the modern short story as we see it today Um, the telltale heart is one of my all-time favorites and the cask of Amontillado is another one Um, he is masterful Um, at the use of suspense and psychological horror. But there are so many other short story writers that are notable um, that we can pick up and read from time to time. But most of our focus today is going to be on current web three short story writers. And so I wanna talk a little bit more about what makes a short story a short story. And then um, we'll see if we could have our guest maybe read the short story that I picked out the piece that I picked out from his Wordler Village, if he wants to, um, or if he's, or Greg, if you have something else you want to read or something else you want to share. Um, but other notable short story writers are Anton Chekhov, Shirley Jackson, James Joyce, Ernest Hemingway, and O. Henry. Um, each of these writers have their own unique style and approach to the short story. But all of us, all short story writers, I am a short story writer myself um, we all share our commitment to, um, brevity, I would say simplicity, I would say, but also that deep emotional, uh, connection that we can create in such a short piece like that. Uh, so let's see, let's talk about the plot of a short story. The plot of a short story then is follows a natural story arc. And today we're just doing like a, Overview of what a short story is. And then, as time goes on for the next few episodes of Roving with Rihanna, we will jump into doing short story and talk about each one of these elements themselves because there's so, there's such an art and such a way that we can create these things. for our readers to really immerse themselves in the stories that we are creating. And so if we were to just jump through the pieces of the plot that create the short story, we have the exposition, we have the narrative hook, we have the rising action, we have the climax, we have the falling action and the resolution, and then there are some academics who throw in denouement, which is a combination of the falling action and the resolution together. And so I'm not going to go through what each one of those are today um, because I really want to be able to celebrate and read some short stories. And so um, the short story itself pulls in all of those elements of the plot, but they have characters and setting and theme and particular points of view and tone and mood and all of those beautiful things that, that writers use to create these beautiful things. And so the story I want to start with today is actually um, the Lunar New Year, number one of four written by our guest today. And so, um, Greg, do you want to read it or do you want me to read it?
2: Actually, it would be a treat if you would read it, because um, I'd I'd like to hear uh, someone else's spin on it. Okay,
1: good. Let me get a glass, drink of water here really quick. Okay, so for those of us in the audience who are visiting, um, now or in the future, and so this is found on Scent.co, Scent.co, with Cryptoversal's Wordler Village, day 554 using uh, prompt extra and so maybe um greg do you want to introduce because since you are here maybe you could introduce how the wordler village came about and what is special about the word extra
2: so wordler village is based on the popular word game from the new york times uh the wordle and it generates five-letter words that I've been using as prompts for creativity. Um, and every day, there's a new prompt. Uh, and and for a while, I was doing something creative every day based on the word, not knowing what the word would be, um, and having a lot of fun with it. And those stories became the basis of Wordler Village because... Uh, they they became a continuity and and a set of characters and uh, a, a a place and actually I have I have some of the the, uh, the stories uh, from sent pages are uh, co author tokens uh, that owning them gives you rights in 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 the characters for use for for use in your own works um, this this one currently is not one of them but the ones in the in the nightfall storyline um have been attached to a token medi- moderated um, co-author license um so i'm 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 interested in 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 using these prompts myself i'm interested in seeing other people use the prompts and I'm interested in um joining with some you know co-authors uh to to further develop the world and and build it out and and build out out the lore of it uh, this story uh, is part of the extra series, which um, I, I, I need to do more of them. But one of the one of the uh, the prompts was extra, um, and it came at a time where I was between storylines, and I had some characters uh, who were dealing with a plot thread from a previous storyline. Uh, so I thought, why not you know have a whole series of you know using this one prompt for a bunch of stories. Uh, set during a, a timeless period where uh, time really isn't passing, so you wouldn't be going from one prompt to another or one day to another. So they're all on the same day, uh, and this is introducing uh, a, a character from a previous story back into that storyline. Um, so that's it, it. Coincided with the uh, with the Lunar New Year. I
1: love it. I love it. I. I love the art that comes with this. And so, can I just ask that follow-up question? Where did you get how did you create the art?
2: So the the art is AI generated uh using Midjourney. Mid-Journey. And and I used uh I used a prompt to uh to make it uh something that would be appropriate for the Chinese year of the rabbit. Yes. Uh and the character I brought back uh, originally her her word was Hutch and she is a big rabbit aficionado um and she in in her original story visited the man at the end of the world who also had had rabbits um and I, and I thought they would be the most appropriate characters to bring back for a celebration of the year right, of the rabbit right
1: right well and I have a, a particular uh affection for this because I am a rabbit myself as a person huh? and so Um, That's exciting. So without further ado, here we are, Cryptoversals, Wordler Village, Lunar New Year, one of four. So your village was cursed. So your realm was destroyed in apocalyptic nightfall. So your people have been scattered as refugees in a dozen directions. It's not the end of the world. "'Believe me, I know what the end of the world is like. I deal with the end of the world on a daily basis,' said the man at the end of the earth. Worldler 376 looked around them at the idyllic parkland that overlooked the tranquil ocean. The grass was dotted with dozens of rabbits munching away at the lush greenery without a care in the world. "'Somehow your end of the world is a lot more peaceful than mine,' she told the man." But it wasn't always so. The man sat back in his Adirondack chair and stroked a long-eared ball of white fluff that he held in his arms. Even this end of the earth was a place of monsters and madness back in the day. That's why I started raising rabbits. 376 also held a rabbit at the man's insistence, but found herself unable to look in its cute little eyes. It reminded her of one she had just like it named Sir Flutternutter back in Wordler Village which reminded her of the last time she'd seen Sir Flutternutter falling into the dark maw of an apocalyptic a dark jaw of an apoco- apocalypse beast. "You're trembling," the man noted. "Give the rabbit a squeeze, she'll warm you right up." "I'm not cold." 376 tried to force herself back from the edge of her seat to make herself as comfortable in her chair as the man looked in his. But ever since that awful night of the fire and death, she'd been unable to properly relax again. She sighed. So what you're saying is that you have no sympathy and can offer no help? I didn't say that, the man stated. What I meant to express is that the ends aren't as dire as people make them out to be. Every end of every world enables a new beginning. You see, worlds are like rabbits. No, they're not, 376 shouted. Rabbits are kind and cute and you feed them and you care for them and you name them Sir Flutternutter. And in the end, you have to watch them get eaten by a monster while you stand by helplessly, even though you're supposed to be a heroic wordler. During the wordler's rant, the rabbit that resembled Sir Flutternutter had tumbled to the ground. But unlike Sir Flutternutter, this was one of the man's rabbits. So chill that it just shrugged its rabbit shoulders and hopped away to join its friends. You are upset with yourself for no reason, the man, said the man. You couldn't have saved your people. I couldn't even save Sir Flutternutter. 376 mun- mumbled. You need an emotion- Do you need an emotional support rabbit? The man asked. I could offer you a loner. 376 thought again of her dead rabbit and frowned. I'm not ready. Then all I have to offer you is a quest. No, thanks. I already have one. 376 tapped to Nicholas. The queen herself had dropped onto her neck upon her return on her namesake day with the protective word that had saved her realm. Eight days later, everything was all set afire anyway, so what was the point of it all? An old world ends to make room for a new world. What you need is a new quest to make new a new beginning. He reached out to her, offering a bright red envelope. Out with the old, in with the new. The top. She tumbled the envelope over in her hands. The man had drawn a crude picture of a rabbit on one side. Otherwise, the envelope was blank. What is this? asked 376. A gift. It will help you get where you're going. And where's that? The man stroked his rabbit. "From From the last island at the ends of the earth into the ocean at the ends of the sea. And over the edge, into the winds, at the ends of the air, into the flames at the ends of the fire, three seven six blinked back at him. Are you sure you don't want to take an emotional support rabbit with you? Last call the end. yay
2: <laughs> that was amazing.
1: yay, oh good.
2: That's a great amazing reading i was i i was I was really. Yeah, that was that was awesome.
1: Good, good, good. Well, I love the story. (laughs) Are you sure you don't want to take an emotional support rabbit? (laughs) And I can't tell if he's like being funny or silly or being kind. But I I thought that he was being a little funny. And so since I have the writer here, was he being a little funny or was he trying to be kind?
2: Oh, that's that's also up to the reader. (laughs)
1: I know. That's so great. Anyway, so I just loved it. I loved the, I loved, you know, has a beginning, middle and end. And it was only took a few minutes to read. And the story is nice. And it paints a nice picture, you know, this great place. And so I just thought it was a great, it was a great example of a very nice short story. And I also liked the theme of it, where it talks about um, out with the old in with the new the the old has to end for the new to begin. And so I just um and that goes really well with the lunar new year. And anyway, it was just a great it was a great deal. It was a great story. Great job. Great job. Yay. Bravo. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So that is, let me repeat for people who um maybe didn't get it down the first time. This is you can Connect with this writer, Cryptoversal's Wordler Village, on scent.co. Um, you can follow him also on Twitter. Let me grab that really quick. Um, uh, Greg, do you just want to say how to find you on Twitter?
2: Uh, yeah, at, at Twitter it's uh, Cryptoversal BKS. Yeah. And you can also go to CryptoversalBooks.io. And there are a number of links to uh, various projects that we are working on, uh, Cryptoversal Books, and there's a Discord uh, as well that I am trying to get people onto, especially the co-authors, right? Uh, yes. Who are who are holding the the co-author tokens? Right,
1: right, right, right. Yeah, well, um, and so excellent, so great, and I'm looking at the time, thinking, oh, I hope I have time to read the next story. Um, because I really want to I really want to read um, the next story. This is actually put together by another friend of ours. His name is J.D. Armstrong, and it is called Changes. This one you can actually grab up a copy of it on Readle. And let me see if I can pop that open here really quick. So this story is also a short story and um yeah i think i have enough time and besides it's just us and so if we go over a little bit that's no big deal so this story by our friend jd armstrong is entitled changes oh and i see we have a new visitor here with us maybe i'll send a an invitation to speak and then kind of maybe reset the room a little bit since we've got a new a new audience member. So this is Roving with Rihanna, The Craft of Writing. And today we are introducing the genre of the short story. And there will be a quest chain, just like always. And today's secret phrase is pocket watch. Pocket watch. Okay, and so we are going to jump in right now and read. Um, this story entitled Changes by J.D. Armstrong. The stars shone brightly in the sky on the warm spring night paled only by the full moon's light. A light warm breeze flowed through the trees along the trail and across Gabriel's upturned face as he savored the exquisite night sensations. Closing his eyes for a moment, Gabriel breathed in deeply The spring scent filling his lungs and lifting his spirits. He then continued walking down the path that wound through the park near his home. Walking at night was wonderful. The world was a different place. He felt safe at night, safe from the bustle of the day, safe from the invasion of other people in his calm personal space. He enjoyed the depth and richness of the dark hours and never felt more alive than when he embraced its eroticism. Most nights, he would start his walks around 10 and would not arrive back home until the sun began to rise over the horizon, bringing with it the distractions of the daytime. Sleep was a chore to him. He hated sleeping and saw it as a waste. Most people spend a third of their life sleeping. Not Gabriel. He wanted to experience everything life had to offer him. He reached the bench at the center of the park where he usually lay to gaze up at the stars settling back comfortably he placed his hands behind his head for support the clear night sky gave the stars an unusual bright sparkle to them he lay there feeling the light caress of the breeze over his body it is a good day to be alive he said aloud once again he closed his eyes and breathed in deeply he could feel and sense everything around him and in him all at once he could feel himself getting He could feel his arms wrapping around his body. Gabriel's eyes flew open as the shadow above descended upon him, the arms locking him in a tight embrace. Panic flooded his mind and body, the night's sultry velvet quickly forgotten as he felt a cold pressure on his neck. He attempted to struggle, his limbs failing to respond. Then he felt the warmth spreading through his body, his heart slowing to a normal rhythm, skin tingling all over as his mind seemed to come alive with something like lightning flashing across his brain. His eyes started to water as the tingling became more intense and he became even more affected. The panic was gone as his mind spun into sensations he had never felt before. His eyelids drooped, his body hanging limp in the arms of his attacker. He could not resist anymore. Any thoughts of fighting were gone. His heartbeat was even slower as he felt himself tumbling deep down into himself. Further and further he fell, all comprehensive thought dissolved, only feeling sheer bliss as his life force was drained. Feeling of calm crept over his body. Unable to comprehend what was happening, he he succumbed to the sensations ultimately, and everything else ceased to exist. Gabriel had fought the everlasting night. A dark figure finally stood up from the bench, looking down at the body stretched out, standing there gazing at the lifeless form it waited. After a few moments, it brought its wrist to its mouth and then pressed it into the mouth of the body of the bench. Life changes, Gabriel, was all it said. Then it was gone. Gabriel could feel his heart beating long before his mind was capable of conscious thought. A slow thud that seemed to echo throughout his entire being, beating slightly faster with each sound. Lightning exploded throughout his mind, causing his soul to fade further from his body with each blow. Once fully conscious, he tried to come to terms with what had just happened to him, and he tried to make sense of it in relation to his everyday life. Soon, however, the slow pounding of his heart drowned out any semblance of thought he tried to muster. The pounding reverberated throughout his entire body, sending shockwaves through him. Gabriel's mind was receiving signals from his body, screaming of pain and burning, yet his eyes were still closed, and colors danced across the backs of his eyelids in patterns he had never seen before. Then the pounding of his heart lessened, becoming quieter and slower still, but the burning sensation grew even more intense. It was At first, it was just his heart. Then it slowly spread through his veins until every one of them burned from within, as if the white hot metal, as if white hot metal had been poured into them. And then his heart stopped. His mind raced as he strained to hear the beat of his heart over the screaming of the pain in his veins. The noise in his mind grew as the pain seared through every fiber of his being. All the while, his body lay motionless on the park bench, the moon shining down on him. Finally, it became too much, and his back arched off the bench, his mouth opening into a soundless scream. Gabriel's eyes flew open. He gripped the bench with his hands as he tried to throw his body further upwards as if trying to escape from the pain. Then he slumped against it, gasping for breath. Gabriel searched the night, his eyes his eyes darting to and fro. Everything seemed so different. The night was aglow with bright colors. He could see the greens and the browns of the trees and the moonlight sliver silver as it shone down brightly. He could see the streaks of the wind as it flowed down the path, passing him and continuing beyond. His mind started to whirl, and he could feel himself falling into himself again. Quickly clenching his eyes shut, he tried to get a grip. First things first, he thought. Then focus, focus on your heartbeat. Gabriel tried to quiet his mind and focus his heartbeat, but to no avail. There was none, all was silent. The noise rushed back into his mind like an avalanche at the realization. He could make out the sound of the wind roaring by, the noise of the main street a few kilometers north of him, a humming he couldn't quite place, and a steady beat that sounded familiar to him. The burning sensation he had been feeling throughout his body seemed to have eased. Either that or he was becoming numb from it. He decided to open his eyes again, slowly at first. The silver streaks from the wind still rushed over him. He knew it was still nighttime. Sitting up, he held his head and stared at his feet. Black. His feet were black as were his legs. He looked at his hands, black black as the deepest, darkest hole he could imagine. Everything around him had vibrant light from within it. Even there itself seemed alive. Yet he was black. Something was wrong and he could feel something missing. Apart from his lack of heartbeat, he was sure that was just his mind playing tricks on him. He grasped his wrist with his other hand and checked for a pulse. Nothing. He felt his throat and clasped his, hand, his head in his hands. What is wrong with me? What the hell happened? Gabriel searched his mind. He could remember looking up at the stars and then closing his eyes. And then he remembered a shadow falling over him. Then nothing. Something else felt wrong also. Something about himself felt different than when he first lay down. He felt empty. Something definitely was missing. Something had been taken from him. Unable to solve this disconcerting puzzle, he decided that some action was better than sitting here waiting for answers. Slowly, he stood up. He felt light, yet heavy at the same time. It was as though he could move infinitely fast, yet at the same time he could trip over his own feet. Slowly, he made his way back towards his home, concentrating on each foot as he stepped forward each black foot over the bright pebbles underneath. Pebbles seemed more alive than he felt. The wind streaked past him in in the other direction, the flashes of silver slightly disorientating him. He concentrated harder, causing his head to ache. Gabriel stumbled as his legs seemed to collapse, and he glanced at the tree ten meters in front of him, wishing he were already there to lean on it. Then quite suddenly, he was leaning on that tree, his mind reeling as if from vertigo. Grasping the trunk, he did not even think of what had occurred. He did not care. His body burned again as if his veins were on fire. His legs felt weak, incapable of supporting his body weight. His vision blurred as he slid down against the tree trunk and passed into oblivion. A fire raged through his body and mind as he came to with a gasp, and his eyes flew open. The sun's rays had started to streak through the sky, overwhelming his sight with the various colors that swam around him. He squinted against the sun, shielding his eyes against it with both hands. Red, oranges, greens, blues, violets, white, all the colors he could imagine danced before him. Every moving and stationary thing had a sort of rainbow effect, all moving and swirling, Closing his eyes to shield himself against the pain only brought slight relief as the colors began to penetrate his eyelids. Then, from deep within, a primal urge took over, and he was on his feet, running as fast as he could without thinking. In less time than he thought possible, he was home, slamming the front door behind him, blocking out the colors and the pain. As the pain subsided, he slid down the wall in the dark entryway, Yet the same burning sensation raged through his body again. Every fiber seemed to be crying out. In the distance, he could hear that familiar beating sound again. Then he he succumbed to the darkness again. The pounding exploded in his ears, getting louder and louder, reverberating through his skull and jerking him back into the conscious world. He still lay in the entryway Disorientated, he rose to his feet, gripping his head as if to hold it together and staggered to the kitchen. The answering machine blinked eight messages at him as he passed. The bright red digit exploded out at him, the vibrant colors attacking viciously with each flash. He could feel it burning into his retinas. He could feel the pain shooting in through his eyes into his brain, adding it to the pounding in his head. Gabriel felt like his head was going to implode. The pressure kept building and building until he thought he could stand it no longer. He collapsed against the fridge, gripping his hair in both hands. He pulled and screamed out at the debilitating pain that coursed through his body. The scream echoed through the house and out onto the street. Anyone passing by would have felt a chill to their very bone and continued quickly on their way. However, no one passed. No one heard the scream of agony, the desperate plea for it to stop, for everything to just stop. I know how you feel, Gabriel. Someone had heard. Gabriel opened his eyes and looked up at the figure before him. A man stood before him, wild hues swirling from him as he moved. Gabriel could almost see the blood flowing through his veins. He could sense a familiarity with this man. Who are you? Gabriel asked. My name is Darius. I am your friend. My friend? I have no friends, especially none, who need to say that they are my friend. The effort required for Gabriel to talk became great. I know what you're going through, Gabriel. I know the pain, the disorientation, the confusion. I know how to make it stop. Therefore, I am your friend. However, Gabriel noticed that his focus on this man had dulled the painful sensation he was feeling. So forcing himself to focus more deliberately, he pushed the pain further from him. The pounding, however, continued strongly. Do you know what you have become, Gabriel? Gabriel glared at him. It had suddenly dawned on him that this man must have had something to do with this. He must have drugged him. Darius waited patiently for Gabriel to respond adjusting his cloak over his shoulders and smoothing his shirt. The swirls of color followed his movements, but Gabriel noticed they seemed to be fading. What did you poison me with? he demanded. Darius looked at him in surprise. Poison you? Is that what you think I did to you? Poison? He laughed out loud, shaking his head. Gabriel, I have given you a chance at life. I have given you a choice. It is obvious you don't understand what you have become and what I have offered you and what I still have to offer you. With unbelievably swift and smooth movement, Darius appeared before Gabriel's face, holding it in his hands. An echo of rainbows followed where his passage had been. Darius looked deep into Gabriel's eyes, drawing him in until he saw a massive color swirling in the depths of his eyes. You became a vampire, Gabriel. Then as quickly as he was there, he was back at the doorway again, adjusting his cloak. Now it was Gabriel's turn to laugh. However, he quickly stopped as it added to the pain in his head. You are insane. A vampire. They don't exist. Darius looked up at him. An unsettling grin appeared on his face. Gabriel followed the echo across the room to find Darius sitting at the kitchen table. He knew he should have seen him move. The pain you are feeling through your body is your body dying. It is crying out for the blood it needs to keep alive. The pounding in your head is the pounding of a nearby heart, which is why it is so familiar to you. Only it's hard to place as yours has stopped. Your body appears black to your eyes, and to mine, for two reasons, I believe. One, it is dying, well, dead, yet not dead. That is why we are called the undead. Two, I believe it is partly to do with you no longer having a soul, as the soul departs the dead. Gabriel gawked at him, knowing what he was saying had to be true, yet finding it hard to admit about the colors and why are you not black was all he asked ah the colors that I do not know it is an interesting one that I have a few theories on that one day we will discuss all I do know is they go after you have replenished your body and that is why I am NOT black I have replenished my body you will notice however that I am paler than most humans, and that I believe has something to do with our souls vacating permanently. Gabriel stared at him, absorbing all that had been said to him. The pounding in his head continued, making it challenging to maintain a line of thought. How do I make it all stop? He asked, as he as his focus slipped and the pain started to rush back. I thought you'd never ask. Darius was beside Gabriel and effortlessly picked him up and took him into the lounge before Gabriel could think. Darius flung him effortly across the room onto the couch. Gabriel waited for the room to stop spinning and for the colors to stop swirling. The pounding in his head had increased from the loss of focus due to his relocation. So, too, had the sensations of pain throughout his body come flooding back. Then finally, he regained his self-control and could look around the room where his eyes rested on Amy. He stared at her, the beautiful colors that emitted from her, the glow that appeared around her body. This was Amy, his girlfriend, in a way he had never seen her before. He had fallen in love with her at first sight many years ago. Her girl-next-door look had attracted him at first, Then the sweet, kind soul he'd gotten to know over the years had captured him, and he had counted himself extremely lucky to wake up each morning next to such a beautiful person. Now he saw her in a different light, a light that disturbed him. He could see the blood flowing through her veins in the exposed skin of her neck. The pounding of her pulse coincided with the pounding in his head. Gabriel looked into her green eyes, which used to be green, now sparkled with a multitude of colors. Then he saw the fear in them. He tore his gaze away from her, ashamed of himself for noticing the blood before he noticed the fear. He looked at Darius, who was studying him intensely. Do you see what I see, Gabriel? What have you done to her? Nothing at all besides tie her up. I saved her for you. What do you mean saved her for me? Gabriel struggled to speak, the ever-growing migraine so intense it had begun to make him dizzy. "'She is your life, Gabriel, and the end to your pain and suffering.' "'What? How?' "'Come on, Gabriel. I don't have to spell it out for you, do I? You are a vampire now.' "'Well, nearly. It will be complete with your first kill.' First kill? Are you insane? You want me to kill my girlfriend?' Gabriel, I told you that life changes. She is of your past life, meaningless to your new life. You are no longer human, no longer slowed down by human thoughts and emotions. By killing Amy, you will show that you are ready for your new life and ready for me to teach you. Teach me? I will not kill my girlfriend, Gabriel hissed at him. Really, that is a shame. I thought the symbolism involved here would have spoken to you. Never mind. I will kill her myself and we can find you someone else." Darius moved swiftly across the room to Amy. He tilted her head to the side and sank his teeth into her neck. Gabriel cried out and flew across the room at Darius, striking him with his whole body and knocking him clear of Amy. Blood oozed down from the bite mark on her neck and terror filled her eyes. Darius stood across the room watching Gabriel. He felt Darius had allowed him to knock him clear of Amy. The scent of Amy's blood filled Gabriel's head and the pounding became more intense. His body cried out in pain as he lowered himself towards Amy's neck. He could almost taste the blood. Amy murmured in terror, struggling weakly against her restraints. Tears rolled down her face as she watched Gabriel approach her, his mouth opening and latching onto her neck. Gabriel felt the blood flow into his mouth as he drank. It filled all his senses, the taste, the smell, the feel of it against his tongue. His mind was abuzz as the throbbing in his head matched that of Amy's beating heart. The fire in his veins intensified. The deep in his mind, the realization of what he was doing dawned on him. His eyes flew open and he recoiled from Amy in horror. No, he cried out. His mind raced. How could he have done this? The taste and feel of her blood lingered in his mouth and mind. He looked up at Darius. What kind of monster have you turned me into? Gabriel, you are not a monster. You are what the human race desires to be, immortal. Without disease or boundaries that restrict mankind, you have been given a gift. Embrace it. No, I will not. With the renewed strength and energy he had received from Amy's blood he flew across the room at Darius moving swifter than he thought he could then flinging himself at the adversary intent on smashing him into the wall he coiled with plaster and bricks where he had been he collided with plaster and bricks where he had been dazed slightly gabriel looked to his left dari appeared darius appeared and flung him back across the room smashing him into the bookcase, splintering it, and sending books flying. Gabriel rose to his feet, ready to begin the assault again. Don't waste your time. You can't kill me. You may one day, with my help, but not yet. Darius stared at him, awaiting his next move. Then after a moment, almost disappointed, he vanished. Gabriel blinked. He could still sense the other's presence. He glanced at Amy who looked ready to pass out. Then Darius was behind her, his hands around her neck. You must do this, Gabriel. There is no turning back. I know right now you hate me and would like to kill me. Believe me when I say you cannot. I could kill you and Amy both before you could raise a hand in defense. So partake of this gift I have given you and then I will teach you everything I know. One day you may be able to have your revenge the choice is yours. He gripped his hands tighter around Amy's neck as Gabriel wrestled with himself, the memory of Amy's blood still lingering in his mind. The power it had given him had drained from his body now. The pounding and pain had returned. He looked into Amy's eyes, his girlfriend whom he had loved so deeply. He could sense the terror she was feeling, the fear of him, Gabriel's world suddenly shattered, and in its place was the stark realization that he was dead. The life that he had had was gone. Amy could never love him now. He saw the fear in her eyes, the deep-seated fear that came from within, instinct. Her very soul was terrified of what he had become. The choice is simple. You die here tonight, or you live to fight another day. He realized he had no choice. There was no turning back. He could not become alive. Darius had taken everything from him, and he vowed to make him pay for this. However, no one else he could rely on to teach him about this new life. Amy would never accept him, and she would talk, and while most would not believe her stories of vampires, there would be those who would hunt him down. He was sure of this. At the very least, for the assault, murder of his girlfriend, and God knew what else. Gabriel knew that if he still had a human heart, he would have felt it break. Strangely, though, the emotions he thought he was feeling had just been in his head, his mind still reacting as it should have when he was human. So though he did feel a loss, he felt distinctly detached from it. I will drink her blood and you will teach me all you know but I swear this, do not turn your back on me even once, Darius, for it will be your peril. Darius grinned. It was an unsettling grin as he released Amy from his grip. She had finally passed out, but from whether his grip or the passing of events, Gabriel did not know. I will leave you two lovebirds alone then, Darius said as he walked towards the doorway. Don't worry, I won't be far. Gabriel stared after him as he left wanting so much to destroy him. Patience, Gabriel, he thought to himself. Your day will come. His gaze returned to Amy. The pounding in his head was enormous as he walked toward her. Standing over her, he brushed her hair away from her face and stared at her beauty. If he had still been capable, he would have shed a tear. This was something else he found that Darius had taken away from him. Gently he untied her and she murmured as he did so. He gingerly touched her wounds where the ropes had chaffed her skin and removed the gag from her mouth, wiping the blood away from her neck and fighting the cravings he felt inside as he did so. He scooped her up in his arms and at ease with an ease that surprised him and carried her to the couch. Gently, he laid her down, placing her head on the cushion and crossing her arms over her chest. Gabriel sat on the couch next to her and ran his fingers through her hair. I am sorry, my love. Amy's eyes fluttered open. At first, she looked a little bewildered. Then her eyes focused on him. Finally, he saw her pupils dilate, and she smiled softly. Hey, Amy said, reaching her hand out to stroke his cheek. I had the strangest dream, more a nightmare. Really? What was it about? Gabriel decided to play along. This vampire had turned you into a vampire, too, and wanted you to kill me. I could see you were fighting it, but you wanted to. You started to suck my blood. Wow, I was a vampire, huh? A little frown appeared briefly on Amy's face as she continued to caress his face. Gabriel knew he didn't have much time left. Yeah, it felt so real. You scared me. Did I? Could you not love me if I was a vampire? Amy shuddered. Not a chance. Vampires are evil killers. They aren't human. Anyway, there is no such thing. Where did that come from? Nowhere, just curious. Well, I'll hug you and make it all better. Gabriel leaned down and wrapped his arms around Amy, snuggling into the crook between her throat and her shoulder. He could still smell the blood he had wiped off her neck. The pounding of her heart was intense as it beat inside his head. His body ached in anticipation of the blood it was about to receive. He gently kissed Amy's neck as they held each other. Gabriel? Yes, Amy? You feel cold. Gabriel froze in the middle of kissing her neck. He knew that it was time. He knew he had to do this, yet he was unsure if he could. Amy's body tensed slightly. Gabriel? He could feel the tremor in her voice. Gabriel bit down on Amy's neck as gently as he could. Amy gasped aloud and started to struggle he held her tight and drank her blood drawing her up to a sitting position he closed his mind and his eyes and succumbed to the sensations the blood flowed down his throat and into his body which began to tingle as he drained the life out of his girlfriend amy's struggles became weaker and weaker as she gradually lost consciousness the beating of her heart grew weaker as gabriel grew stronger and he could feel his body coming alive as hers was dying He liked it, the power that her lifeblood was giving him. The pounding in his head had diminished to a soft, soft pulse. The only sound now was his heart as it pushed Amy's blood into every inch of his body. The burning sensations were replaced with intense tingling that thrilled him. Then suddenly a foul taste entered his mouth, causing him to jerk away, letting Amy fall back to the cushion. Even in death, she looked graceful. However, he could tell that her heart had stopped, and he brushed the hair away from her face. Gabriel leaned in and kissed her on her lips one last time. He could sense Darius entering the room as he kissed her, and he kept his mouth there for as long as he felt he could. Sitting up, he glanced at Darius, who was staring at him. Well done, Gabriel. I thought that once she had woken, you wouldn't be capable of doing it, and I would have to come kill you both. Gabriel knew he had to watch his step here. He felt stronger, but he knew he wasn't strong enough to take Darius on. Let's just get out of here. Leave the past behind. Jolly good, Darius agreed. That whole asking her if she could still love you bit was a nice touch. Must have settled it in your mind, huh? It's nothing scared. Is nothing sacred to you? That was a private conversation. Gabriel stood up and brushed past Darius without waiting for an answer. The elder vampire turned and walked out behind him. Marching out the front door, Darius put his arm around Gabriel's shoulder. I know you hate me right this minute, you hate me. You have a lot to learn now, however, and that will be made easier if you put the past in the past. You have have a lot to learn also, Darius, Gabriel thought, as he sucked at the bite on his tongue and glanced sideways at him. So what's first? Well, first things first, we need to get you some decent clothes. Then we leave for the mother country, the best place to learn our history. Our history. Is that important? You need to embrace your new life, Gabriel. And to do that, you need to learn all about its past. Remember one thing. Life changes, my friend. Always remember that. Amy could feel her heart starting to beat long before her mind was capable of conscious thought. A slow thud seemed to echo throughout her entire being, beating slightly faster each second. She could taste blood in her mouth as she swallowed. Lightning exploded throughout her mind and she felt her soul slipping away. She already knew what had happened to her from what she had overheard Darius and Gabriel discussing. in the distance she heard a voice life changes my friend always remember that rising from the couch she knew what she had to do leaving the house she hunted down the nearest heartbeat life certainly does change the end crazy story how fun is that oh my gosh (laughs) yay was wonderful 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 so ladies and gentlemen this is two web3 authors who um i wanted to celebrate today who are short story writers and so the first one who we heard from today was cryptoversal books and his "Worldler village and then the second one is jd armstrong and his story changes And you can find J.D. Armstrong on Twitter. Let me pull that up really quick here. J.D. Armstrong, one, nine, seven, three. And so um, I put together an article about this, this, and you can jump in and read them and follow them and um, spend time celebrating them. And I hope I've introduced you to some new writers today. And every week with the Roving with Brianna show, we feature new Web3 writers. And if you are a Web3 writer who would like to have something featured on the show, just send me a DM on Twitter. That's wonderful. If you um, want to jump in and say something, just raise up your hand. I would love to do that, but I spent so much time reading today that we don't have a lot of time to chat, but next week we will definitely um meet again. And I'm actually thinking about meeting um, on spatial because it will be fun to talk about short stories there, but I'll send a link around anyway. So thank you all so much for coming today. I had a wonderful time, Greg. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you to our audience members for being here. If you do have an opportunity and you want to mint your soulbound NFT that is a gift a free gift from me to any of my listeners, any of our guests and visitors uh, for the Roving with Rihanna show. You can definitely do that. I will send a link around, but the secret phrase for that is pocket watch. So, without further ado, I think we'll end the show today. It has been a wonderful time. Um, Thank you all so much for coming, and happy writing everyone, and I'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Roving with Riona, the craft of writing. Today focused on the short story. Recorded on Tuesday, March 28, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday, and I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception, the bass stay blessed See, even with these huge (laughs) sums of overall royalty (laughs) These (laughs) sums of money that go to the record label per playback Can seem insultingly small, many rights holders of, of a, a, scent scent. Of a time and <laughs> listens to one of their tracks leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist they're, making, <laughs> can say they're pennies. making pennies per play until they can figure out how to turn a profit their future will always be in question but for now Investors see enough potential to continue. Pennies, 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 pennies. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Oh shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose.